Amen. Mark's Gospel, chapter 13. Would you look there with me today? And we're just going to ask the question, are we living in the last days? Are we living in the last days? We are, I believe, uh, living in the last moments of the last days. And it's important for us to talk about this and uh, just really look to God's word. Uh, There's all kinds of opinions flying around about end time events and uh, a lot of people have their opinions about it. But let's, let's just look to God's word and uh, stay with the, what the word of God says about the last days. Amen. Chapter 13, verse 1. And as he went out, to, as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. Apparently the disciples were pretty impressed with the temple and the size of it, this glorious temple that has been built. And Jesus answering said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And we know that this prophecy uh, of Jesus to these disciples that day was fulfilled in about 40 years later, A.D. 70, that uh, it was fulfilled uh, when the Romans came in and they completely annihilated the city and tore the, uh, the, uh, the temple down stone by stone. And these stones were, were, they weighed tons and tons. Each stone was incredible in size. And they came in and they tore it down completely down to the ground. And Jesus prophesied it 40 years or so before that the event took place. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. We shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Be not troubled, for such things must needs be. But the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places. There shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils. And in the synagogues you shall be beaten. You shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. The gospel must first be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak. Neither do you uh, premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now the brother... Uh, now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father, the son, and the children shall rise up against uh, their parents, and they shall cause them to be put to death, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. 
but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Amen. There are so many um, evidences that we are living in the last days, and I think one of the evidences is the fact that even people in the world recognize things can't keep going like they are. The world even sees the critical time that we are in right now. But I just want to preface this by saying that um, I, uh, the scripture is clear. That if you have the hope of his soon return in your heart, he that has this hope in him will purify himself. So the desire and the fact of the coming of the Lord is a motivation for you to live a clean, holy, pure life. Clean up your life and to purify yourself so that you can be um, what the Lord wants you to be and, and, and ask us to be so we'll be ready for the coming of the Lord. So it's a motivator uh, for, to, to us uh, uh, when we look around and we see all the signs and the evidences of the, the end of the age and the last days and the soon coming of the Lord, it should motivate us to draw nearer to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And then the scripture says in Acts 2.17, this was a part of uh, 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 the promise that was giving, given there on the day of Pentecost. Um, uh, it shall come to pass in the last days saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So another characteristic of the last days is a last day outpouring of the spirit of God. Amen. That God will in the last days and is right now, I believe, pouring out his spirit in many different uh, uh, pockets around the world and even around the nation. The spirit of God is being poured out. And we can praise God for that. Let me just give you a little evidence of that. In Brazil, these are all recent events. I'm talking about within the last months or year. In Brazil, 140,000 people gathered uh, to, uh, uh, to worship and uh, to uh, give attention to the things uh, of God. So many people that it took three stadiums to fill, uh, to contain all of these hungry hearts desiring. There's a, an amazing revival that's going on in the country of Brazil with literally thousands and thousands of people coming to the Lord. Another country is the country of Iran. Iran is experiencing an amazing revival. We're talking about a country that is almost 90, almost 100%, 97 or 8% Muslim, but yet in that country, in recent uh, months and uh, the last few years, there has been an unprecedented move of God. And uh, they're estimating now that there are over a million Christian believers in the country of Iran, in a country where uh, you can be under threat of your life just by reading the Bible or going to a worship service. And, but yet God is just moving. God is pouring out his spirit. All of this is evidences uh, that, uh, that we are in the last days and that God is pouring his spirit out in these unlikely places. Thailand is a nation that's almost completely Buddhist. 
but yet it's explosive what's happening there with a move of God. They've allowed missionaries in there for a lot of years, but there hasn't been much effect, but the seeds have been sown. And now after several generations, there is a move of God in the country of Thailand with reports of mass baptisms taking place in Thailand. Myanmar is another country, used to be called Burma, that has resisted the gospel and um, mostly Muslim and very, very violent people against Christians, but yet there's a move of God there. If you remember a few years ago, some 20 or so years ago, there was a devastating tsunami and uh, there have been a lot of other natural disasters that have taken place in the country of Myanmar. And uh, when they had nowhere to turn, they invited Christian relief organizations to come in and to help them. So not only did they give to them food and water and medical supplies and things of that sort, but they also sowed the seed of the gospel. Now, after about 20 years, the fruit of those efforts are now starting to be realized. In the country of Myanmar, those natural disasters opened the door for the gospel. All of this is evidence that we are living in the last days. In Kenya, I was just reading about this, uh, it's, it's called Prayer Mountain. It's a retreat center uh, for people to come and pray and fast. No food is allowed on the grounds. It's just a fasting and prayer retreat center. They can only accept two to 3,000 people at a time. So they, every week they, they have another group coming and the place fills up, especially in, uh, uh, in the summer months, it completely fills up and people are in the fields and uh, around this retreat center when there's not enough room for them to be in there, they're out in the, in the, in the woods and the fields on their faces praying and fasting. And, and that is in the country of Kenya. Praise God. Amen. The, the evidence, a, a wonderful evidence of the coming of the Lord and the, the last days that we're living in is that God is moving in a lot of different places. Earlier this year, Right here in the state of Kentucky at Asbury College, thousands of people, they came from all over the world to see what was going on there. And it, was, it went on for several weeks, as most of you are, are aware of, just a very uh, simple, genuine uh, worship, uh, turning to God, and uh, uh, a move of God at Asbury that spread to other colleges like Lee University, Cedarville College, other colleges, and just this week in Auburn University, thousands packed into a stadium for a worship service. Someone said, I want to be baptized. Over 200 college students were baptized this week at Auburn University. Amen. God is doing some things. And all of this are, these are evidences that we are living in the last days. Amen. We are living in the last days. Praise God. And we know that we, we, we have, uh, we believe in the 16 fundamentals of faith. We have 16 fundamental doctrines that we adhere to here at First Pentecostal uh, Church. But out of those 16, there are four that are cardinal doctrines. I can remember Sister Sherwood 
teaching those cardinal doctrines and kids' crusades and children's church. And uh, 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 they were salvation. Number two, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number three, divine healing. And number four, the second coming of the Lord. A, a cardinal doctrine of our church is that we believe that Jesus is going to come at the end of this age and we are moving closer and closer and closer to the last days and uh, that we are in the last days and we're coming closer to the coming of the Lord. Praise God. There are in the scripture in the Old Testament some 330 prophecies concerning the coming of the Lord. Old Testament prophecies. One-third of those 330 prophecies are, they were prophecies concerning his first coming. And we know he fulfilled that. Uh, so with a hundred prophecies uh, prophesying that Jesus was going to come and he, he came the first time, but yet there are two-thirds of those Old Testament prophecies that relate to his second coming. So we know that he came the first time, and that was prophesied with a hundred prophecies. But there are two hundred prophecies in the Old Testament speaking uh, to the truth of his second coming, and uh, that he is going to be coming soon. And so certainly we have uh, a, a surety, a confidence uh, that uh, that the word of God is the truth. Amen. Amen. A lot of reasons why the people. Are not uh, they've moved and shifted away, and some uh, churches, some even evangelical churches, have kind of shifted away from the teaching of the coming of the Lord and the last days. And um, I don't exactly know why, but uh, it's a problem uh, when people turn away from this. And the only the only answer is that they are they're ignoring much of the Word of God. They're ignoring the Scriptures. And uh, we, we believe that the Word of God is infallible, it's inerrant, it is the authority and the rule for our life. We believe the Word of God, every word of it is true. And every word of it uh, is uh, to be uh, obeyed, in, including all the hundreds and hundreds of prophecies that relate to the coming of Jesus. Amen. And so... We don't want to turn away from the Word of God. We want to stay right focused upon the truths of God's Word. Amen. Second Timothy 2 and 3, it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall, uh, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. One of the... Evidences of the last days is a spirit of deception. Let no man, and that, that theme is repeated again and again in the Gospels, let no one deceive you. Do not be deceived by any uh, lying uh, uh, spirit uh, that wants to try to convince you that the Lord is not coming. Uh, let no man deceive you. The Lord is coming. And then he says, for that day shall not come except there be first a Falling away. Uh, the Greek word for falling away is the word apostasia, from which we get our word apostate. It just means to fall away or to, to defect from the truth, 
to turn away from the truth. One of the signs of the last days is that people reinterpret Scripture or they ignore Scripture or they do not believe the entirety of the Scripture and they become apostate because they are turning away from the truth. Turning away from the truths of God's Word. Um, and it also says in this same verse there um, uh, that, that there would be uh, the spirit of apostasy, of falling away. And the, then the, it says that the man of sin would be revealed, the son of perdition, describing uh, the, the Antichrist that would appear. Now, a lot of people have differences of opinions. I'm just going to give you mine. And then you can uh, take it for what you believe uh, for, and, and draw your own conclusion. We know that the scripture is clear that the spirit of Antichrist is in the world. It is in the world. Even now, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, even now there are many Antichrist, whereby we know that it is the last time. It is the last days the evidences of those that are anti-Christ or that anti-Christ spirit. As far as the anti-Christ and the son of perdition that's going to step on the scene, it is my conviction that when he steps on the scene, that simultaneously the church is going to be caught up out of here. We're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be moving out of this place. There is going to be a catching away and a rapture of the believers that's going to take place at, at the same time as this Antichrist uh, is, is revealed and comes on the scene. But that spirit of Antichrist, we are, it's getting more and more and more evident in the world today. We can see that from the fact that people will allow you, you can, you know, in public uh, schools, public, uh, any kind of public arena, in government, wherever, you can, you can, Talk about being a Muslim. You can talk about being a Buddhist. You can talk about all your different belief systems. But when you start talking about Jesus and you start speaking about the gospel, no, we don't want to hear that. No, we reject that. We do not want that. And it's because of the exclusivity of the message that, that it's when we believe that, that he's the only way. We do not believe in multiculturalism. We don't believe in uh, many ways to come to Jesus. We don't believe that. We believe that they are lost. Sad to say, millions of people are lost because they have not uh, heard the message of Jesus Christ. That's why that it's so important in these last days to be a part uh, of uh, proclaiming the message of the gospel. Even now, there are many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time that there is in the last days a spirit of deception that's taking place. How many of y'all remember uh, the book that was written back in 1988? 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Going to Come in 1988. Well, he didn't come in 1988. And so Edgar Wisenhunt was wrong so he wrote, he wrote another book the next year, 1989. And 89 reasons why he's going to come in 1989. And uh, actually he wrote several other books trying to predict the day and the time when Jesus was going to come. He was wrong. 
he was wrong. He's, we know that the scripture is very clear. Of that day and that hour, no man knows. No man knoweth. Not even the angels of heaven know. But my Father only knows. He knows. No one else knows. All we have are the signs of the last days. All we have is what the scripture says about these last days that we are living in. And when you look around and you see all the signs, all the evidences of where we are in these last days, it should stir you, it should motivate you, it should cause you to want to purify your life and to use your life uh, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. Amen. Matthew 24 and 42, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. Amen. Amen. So what does it say here in our text? Here, Jesus responded to those disciples' questions. How are we going to know? What signs are we looking for? And so Jesus responds, verse number 5, and says, uh, Take heed, let no man deceive you by any means. Uh, many are going to come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So when there are many in the last days who proclaim to be Jesus or to be a Messiah, don't believe it. Don't believe it. They're, they've cropped up all over the world. People that are making that claim, don't believe it. Don't go after that. They're them. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. When you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Uh, all of my lifetime... Uh, I was born in 1955, and there was a Korean conflict going on during that time. Of course, I don't remember it, but I do remember Vietnam. I remember the various wars, but I also know that uh, just from my uh, reading about wars, that uh, there have been uh, wars uh, even since Jesus spoke these words, that there would be wars and rumors of wars. The first thousand years after Christ there were 50 wars. The next 500 years, uh, there were 100 wars. In the last 200 years, there have been 500 wars. There have been millions upon millions of people that have died. 20 million people died in World War I. 72 million people died in World War II. And since 1985, 500,000 people have died every year in some kind of war or conflict. It's, it's escalating. We're moving closer and closer and closer to the end of this age and all of the wars going on. In the last few years, last couple of years, of course, the Ukrainian-Russian uh, war which we are not directly involved, but we might as well be because we've invested $80 billion in it. So we might as well. I, I heard a report just the other day uh, that we are, they're planning to give money to Ukraine every two weeks now. Millions and billions of dollars that are going into that conflict. Not going to get political about all of that, but I just want you to know we are in the last days. We are in the last days. And then he says, there's, not only is there going to be wars and rumors of wars, 
He says, be not, be not troubled, for such things must be, but the end shall not yet be. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes. 500,000 measurable earthquakes, earthquakes per year now. 500,000 per year. Uh, folks, we're living on shaky ground in this old world. Uh, uh, lots of earthquakes. How about famines? There shall be earthquakes in divers places. There shall be famines. And uh, there are thousands of famines across the world at different times over recent years. And, and a lot of times we, we, we would just conclude, well, we're in America, a land of great uh, bounty. And, but we saw in 2020 how things can change really fast. And how the grocery store shelves emptied out really fast. It doesn't take long. It can take just a matter of a few hours for everything to flip and for things to change. And even in this land of plenty, for people to be in a desperate situation. It doesn't take long at all for famine to come. The word there, it says... It says uh, there shall be famines and troubles. And the word there for troubles, it's seditions or unrest, like riots, mobs, lawlessness. We've had some of that go on in the last few years, haven't we? In a lot of different places around uh, the nation. All of these things are just pointing to the reality we are in the last days. And we're getting closer and closer to the coming of the Lord. And uh, we should be... Taking heed to ourselves is what it says in verse 9. Take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to the councils. Are we moving into an era in the United States of America when even churches and Christians could be persecuted for their faith, for standing for their faith? I'm telling you, I believe we're moving closer and closer uh, toward that. Verse 10. But the gospel must first be published among all nations. Really, probably the, the last of the signs that need to be fulfilled and prophecies that need to be fulfilled is that the gospel is proclaimed all around the world. Amen. And that's why we should be involved in, in that more than we have ever been before. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus. Before the end comes, the good news of the gospel must be preached to all the nations. If you're thinking, with all this mess in our world right now, why doesn't Jesus just come back and get us now? It's because of his mercy. It's because of his mercy toward those of your loved ones and my loved ones and people uh, that, are, uh, that are lost and away from, from the Lord and uh, from people around the world that don't know Jesus. We have a responsibility to them. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack or slow is really what the word means. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But even in the, in the world of missions, which I pay a lot of attention to, and I read a lot about it, and, and pay attention to what's happening 
around the world. And there's a lot of wonderful and amazing things that are happening that are opening the doors. 20 years ago, those that were prophesying, speaking and, and preaching about uh, ways to reach uh, different tribes and nations and dialects and, and getting uh, groups like Wycliffe translators were saying, well, we're, we're 30 years, we're 40 years away from being able to get all of these languages put together so that uh, they, they can have the scriptures placed in their hands. But in the last 20 years, that's completely changed. With technology and all the changes that are taking place uh, with, with technology now, there are devices that can translate the scriptures into any language. Technology is advancing so fast that now we're just a very few years away from having the scriptures available in every language, in every dialect in the world. I mean, we are rushing toward the end. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. We're getting closer and closer. Technology now can go into remote areas, even desert climates where there's no power at all, can go in there with solar energy and introduce the gospel to people and give to them on small little devices the word of God, the plan of salvation, and even all kinds of materials. John Jenkins that comes here every year is involved in a lot of that uh, technology to get the gospel to people uh, who just 20 years ago we would have never believed it was possible that could happen this fast, but it's because we're moving at a very fast pace. We're in a race to the end of all things. Praise God. This gospel must first be published among all nations. Now, I want to be a part of that. I want to be involved in that. I want to give to that and pray to see that happen, uh, to see the gospel go forth and into all of the world because that is the last of the signs to be fulfilled before the coming of the Lord. The gospel going out to every nation and every tribe and every language and every dialect of those languages uh, being proclaimed around the world. Praise God. Oh, we're moving close to the coming of the Lord. We're getting closer and closer. These are the last days, and that should motivate us to purify our life. It should motivate us to get involved in the work of evangelism, to reach as many people as we can for the Lord. The time is short. Time is short. Get busy. Don't allow all the things going on in our world right now to distract us from the main things, the most important things, and that is the proclamation of the gospel to the world that is desperately in need. Amen. I understand what Jesus spoke to his disciples that day, warning them about deception, warning them uh, about even persecution that would come. And it's happening around the world. People are being persecuted for their faith, suffering for their faith. It's not so much in our country, although it is starting to be to a certain degree. We're, we're rushing toward that even in, uh, in our, uh, our country right now. Stay focused. Stay focused on the word of the Lord and the promises of God. Stay focused on what God has said about these last days. Amen. And believe it. Amen. I've told you many times, I had an old pastor growing up that uh, he uh, only had a third grade education. Uh, but, uh, but he was a man of God. He was a man of prayer, sought the Lord, 
and he had three major themes in his preaching. He would usually get around to one or all of these topics as he preached. He preached almost every Sunday. He would preach in some way or another. He would preach on uh, the Holy Ghost. He would preach on holy living, holiness. And then third, he would preach on the coming of the Lord. And his favorite song was that song that we have sung some around here. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. With joy, we'll welcome his returning. And he would sing that song. And that was indelibly planted in my heart. The reality that surely the Lord is coming soon. We are living in the last days. Amen. Let's, let's pray. Father. Lord, I know that you're speaking to a lot of people around the world and in our country, Lord, concerning the times that we're in right now. Lord, help us to not be neglectful concerning the reality of your soon return. Lord, for those that are not ready, Lord, I pray that if there are any in this service today not ready for the coming of the Lord, that they would come to you and they would find a place to repent of their sins and to surrender their life to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, and even in this service today. And Lord, I just pray that for some who've allowed themselves to become careless and even just kind of sleepy concerning the things and the reality of your soon return, Lord, that we would wake up, wake us up, Lord, wake us up concerning these last days. And Lord, Bless and pour your spirit out upon your church so that we can be fulfilling the call upon us to proclaim the gospel all around the world. Amen. Bringing in, ushering in, coming of the Lord. Lord, do the work. Do the work in the hearts of people today. If there are those in this meeting today, Lord, that if they're not sure of where they stand with you, Lord, that they would find a place of repentance and cry out to you, Lord, and be saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can we stand everybody around this?